You are listening to Be the Love, transcending through the shadows into a higher state of consciousness. We are souls on the journey, opening up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. I am Stacy Musial. And I am Sam Fernandez, and we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. Hop on board the Ascension Bus. This is Jules DeVito from Highly Sensitive Humans. This is Katie Jo Holton. We are Michael and Jamie Thornhill at Casa Galactica. This is Tara Jolly. I'm Anna Anderson, and you are listening to Be The Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be The Love, Transcending Through the Shadows. I am Stacey Musial, your host and soul on the journey. And thank you so much for tuning in this week. And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, we would be absolutely so grateful for a five-star written review on iTunes. Reviews really help us become more visible and spread the word to others. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to invite you to take a moment to get centered with us. I would like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath into your nose and out of your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath into your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy, and breathing out anything you are ready to release. And take one more breath into your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself and breathing that light and love out and sending it to all of humanity, remembering that you always have your breath to come back to. Today, we have Shirley O'Donoghue. Shirley is a principal of Lucius College in the UK. She has been teaching crystal therapy to practitioner levels, along with a host of other energy-based therapies, such as Reiki, flower essences, color therapy, for over 30 years. She has had four books published with the most recent book, Crystal Alchemy, and has a new book on crystals coming out in 2022. She's also the director of Holistic Harmony, a community interest company which supports disadvantaged groups and individuals. She's a regular contributor to the esotericupdates.co.uk, which includes channeled information and ideas to support holistic living. So thank you so much for being here with us today, Shirley. Thank you for inviting me, Stacey. Nice to speak to you. Absolutely. I'm really excited to learn a lot more about crystals today and how we can really use them in our our everyday life and our healing. And so first, I'd just like to hear about uh, how did you get into crystal therapy? I got into crystal therapy about 30 odd years ago now, and uh, this was before the time, the days of the computers and things like that. So I can remember going into a shop in, uh, in, in London and ordering my books. They had to come all the way from America. So you're, you guys are way ahead of us in terms of crystal therapy, at least in this lifetime anyway, I think. 
Um, so I ordered all my books and I did a two year crystal healing course. And when I started it, I thought I was just going to do the first year and I was just going to do it to sort of re-engage the brain, if you like, after I'd had three children. Uh, I had three boys under three at one point. And, uh, uh, but my life completely changed after that year of crystal therapy. I was, all um, my, the work I was doing completely changed and, uh, just took me on a journey that was that has been amazing and still is amazing it's, it's just amazing I think you know when you're in the flow uh, doors open for you so so life is effortless um to a certain extent you know there's been I, I think I've had to push comfort zones and things like that but um I've been really fortunate things have just just happened very easily for me really so wow. um for me, it's all about crystals, but I started off with crystals. Then I did lots of other energy-based therapies like flower and gem essences and color therapy. And, uh, and then I did Reiki. And then I thought I've got to do something sensible. So I did Indian head massage, that's, if that's sensible. I'm not sure how <laughs> sensible that is. And that allowed me to take crystal therapy into lots and lots of different arenas. So with the Community Interest Company, what we what we do is we work with people with mental health issues, we work with people with substance misuse issues, and we probably wouldn't get through the door in all honesty just by saying we were crystal healers, but because we do a range of other therapies, um, that kind of gets us through the door. But all the other therapies that we do, we use crystals, we combine with, with crystal therapy as well. So, um, uh, and we find that it empowers everything else we do. So... We've taken it into lots and lots of different arenas. So it's been a real fun journey and it hasn't finished yet. We've still got lots of other things going on. We're working with a, um, a charity at the moment for homeless young people. And we've been in there doing crystal therapy in there with them, just as part of, of sort of stress management, really. It's worked really well. And we're now trying to get more funding to continue to go on, uh, to go in and do therapies on a regular basis with them. Wow, it sounds like such a beautiful journey and being able to offer it to so many different populations that might need that, you know, working with the homeless and the, yeah, um, elderly, it sounds like a really beautiful, beautiful space. And, and, and it sounds like you've been in it now for, you said over 30 years. So you, yeah. it, you must've seen some of the evolution of crystal therapy. How do you feel like that's changed over the um, past 30 years? When I when I first started, you know, crystal therapy was very um, sort of a bit out there, a bit woo woo, and uh, I guess to a certain extent it still is. But um, what happened? I don't know if it's like this in in the states, but in in the UK, we used to have sort of beauty therapy, which was one camp, and then um, complementary therapies, which was the other, and the two were never combined. And then with the advent of Reiki that came in, sort of in the late nineties, really over here it started to sort of merge and now it's really merged. I mean, we, we do, we're going to a big um, exhibition and we're doing uh, an exhibition over here called Professional Beauty. And we're, we're probably the only people there that are running the courses that we run, but our stand is really busy every time. We've been doing it for the last three or four or five years. And, uh, we, you know, we, we have queues three deep, you know, people wanting to talk to us about the courses and maybe talk to how talk to us about how they can combine crystals with whatever treatments they give you know so um uh, the two are coming together and I think quite rightly so really you know I think there needs to be some you know emerging of all of this uh so that people that wouldn't normally access it get a chance to experience it mm -hmm. and if you do um something like a massage treatment and you combine crystals or reflexology and you combine crystals with it 
the client goes much deeper into a much deeper state of relaxation and um, just can access some um, form of spirituality through, you know, whatever that may be for them. That's beautiful. Yeah, because it sounds like it's really, you know, when things start to merge and we recognize that there really isn't separation between these things and we can all benefit from them in many different ways, um, it becomes, you know, more of a, yeah, cohesive, beautiful journey. So tell us a little bit about crystals and the healing properties that they have. Well, I think really for me, it's uh, it's not about getting a crystal that has a label on it that says it does this. It's about getting one that you're drawn to um, and then tapping into the energy. So there's there's a few sort of energy sensing exercises I do with students to start with. And, and that's really how I got started. I mean, I would never have really gone on to the course uh, for crystal therapy if I hadn't sort of, I was, I was actually working in a shop one day a week um, that sold crystals. And I used to have lots of people coming in saying oh wow can you feel this and can you and I couldn't feel anything and then one day it was raining so I just sat down and I thought no customer's going to come in I'll just sort of hold a crystal and see if I could feel it and to my amazement I felt it buzzing and tingling and then I picked up another one and I could feel that buzzing and tingling but um you know what I what I'd like to do maybe is with you today is perhaps do a crystal attunement Mm -hmm. and so maybe this is a good time to suggest that people gather some crystals if they can and a little bit further down the line uh we'll we'll do a crystal attunement we'll do a meditation with crystals and i can show you how you can tap into the energy of them but you know a lot of the ways that most people work with crystals is to look at the color correspondence of the crystal and then link it to the color of the chakra so we've got seven main chakras i'm sure most of your audience will know about chakras we have seven main chakras and there's a, a you know purple usually for the crown or white uh, indigo for the brow, light blue for the throat, uh, green or, or pink for the heart, yellow for the solar plexus, and orange for the base, and red or black for, sorry, orange for the sacral, and red or black for the base. So, you know, when you get the crystals that are the, the, the appropriate colors, then you, you just hold on to them or you can place them. I actually teach my students not to place crystals on the chakras. We actually get clients laying on a couch and the crystals are placed on the floor and the clients can still feel the energy from them and the the reason I I prefer people not to put them on the chakras is the chakras are not actually physically on the body they're actually out of the body they're on the outside of the body probably five six inches off the body really and um, if somebody is is relaxing into a treatment uh, it's harder for them to relax if they've got crystals on them and the crystal falls off or they're frightened of the crystal falling off. And also, you know, they can, they, they've got more chance of feeling the energy around them moving and responding to the crystals if the crystal isn't physically on them because they can feel maybe the weight or the temperature of the crystal. So um, we, just, we work off the body generally with it. And um, I don't think there's any students that I've taught now that, that and I've taught quite a few, that work by putting crystals on the body because they're just so amazed really at how much more powerful they are when they're on the floor or in the energy field. They're not just on the floor, we're actually working in the aura. So tell us a little bit more about how we could use crystals to work with our chakras. What are some things that we could do? um, Well, what we could do is, uh, you know, whenever you need them, I always talk about the chakras, about a bit like playing an instrument, you know, Right now, my throat chakra would be, and yours too, would be very energized because we're both talking to each other. 
but you know when we finished probably both of us feel that we just don't want to talk to anybody and we just want to relax and unwind a little bit and not actually do any like go out and chat to loads of people because you've overused it so you need to give time for it to sort of rebalance so I guess you know crystals if, if I wanted to use a blue crystal I would wear and I've got a crystal in my pocket actually that's blue but because of the communication that we're doing today um, so I would just bring that into my energy field and, and carry that around with me or wear it as a, a piece of jewelry or something like that you know um, but you can meditate with them as well. You know, if you've got um, if you've got to go into a meeting and you're a bit nervous about the meeting and you want to bolster your self-confidence, then maybe something like Tiger's Eye uh, just to support the, the solar plexus, which is the power center, you know. Uh, but if you want to meditate, then using something like Amethyst is obviously going to open up the crown chakra and stimulate it. So I always talk, of the, talk about the chakras a bit like um, playing an instrument almost. When you want to make a sound, you need to give it more energy. So uh, the crystals are like batteries and they, they just give you a bit more energy really to support it. For me, that's quite a basic way of working with them. Um, but it's certainly a good start for anybody that is working with them. And it's also quite a cheap way to work with crystals because really all you need is seven tumble stones, which is the cheapest probably way of buying them. Um, and you can easily carry those around, yeah? But I've got a whole host of uh, bracelets, crystal bracelets, all in different colours that go with. So my jewellery collection is something to be seen, really. <laughs> it's one of the side effects of doing crystal healing. You have a really amazing uh, jewellery collection. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I do sort of wear them uh, quite a lot, you know, and uh, work with them in that way. But I also have them in rooms as well. I, I have crystals around me here. This is the room that I teach in. And um, I, I have crystals in here that facilitate teaching as well. So quite a big crystal, a big chunk of rose quartz. And I've also got some fossilized wood to sort of help ground people too. So you can use them as room placements as well. And so I know before uh, we got started, you mentioned the transcendental chakras. No, transpersonal. Transpersonal. <laughs> I right. never heard that term before, but <laughs> I'm familiar with the, the chakras. I'm wondering if you could talk to us about uh, that and how we can tap into the energy of crystals with the earth star and, and all of that. I think uh, the, transper the, the word transpersonal has its origins in uh, somebody who's an American writer called Katrina Raphael, who uh, was writing books about crystals in the, uh, I think, late 80s, early 90s, certainly. I think Crystalline Transmission was the first book. Um, on some of the subsequent books, which was still pre-2000, she was talking about transpersonal chakras. So I think that might be where the terms come from. And that's chakras that are, I think, and a lot of other people feel, are being reactivated. Um, so they're chakras that, that, have gone, that have been dormant, maybe through different lifetimes where we've lived in lower vibrations. And now that the energy is increasing and people are waking up more, um, these chakras are reawakening. So I prefer not to call them new chakras, more transpersonal chakras. And I've been working with them for maybe about five or six years. And my my sense out there is looking at the, you know, on, on the internet, there, there are people talking about them and there's lots of information out there, but it's still not completely coherent. You know, I think it's still something where we're all trying to rediscover what they do. But I've been working fairly intensively uh, for the last four or five years with the Earth Star, which is one that is just 
Uh, it's about six to 12 inches below the feet and it connects you to the planet. Um, but it's also a really good grounding crystal and it's really important because the other crystals connect you more spiritually, I suppose. So the other ones that we've been working with are Stellar Gateway and the Soul Star and uh, also the thymus. The thymus is sort of obviously where the thymus would be. And that's about being, being able to communicate through the heart. So it's about being able to speak your truth, um, and, but also understand other people's truth, which is probably a good chakra for the time with times we're in at the moment, yeah? And then the soul star um, is, is above the head, and that translates messages from spirit into words rather than frequencies. So it's really about people becoming their own channel instead of going outside and having readings from other people. Um, it's about people developing that uh, empathy and that sensitivity to um, messages from spirit, I suppose, uh, for themselves so that they get guided in a way that is right for them. Um, and, and the Earth Star is really important because if we don't get that anchored, then the, this, this, the information that we're trying to get when we go higher becomes a bit garbled, if that makes sense. And, and there's also the um, Stellar Gateway, which integrates and energizes it's like a transducer of the messages as well. So the two of those, those two work together very well. And more recently, I've been working with the Gaia Gateway, which is, low, is, is even further down than the, than the Earth Star. And that's really about connecting with elementals and um, all, the, all the kingdom that is beneath our feet. Yeah, including crystalline energies as well. So I think probably the sensitivity for people is becoming greater. and. Um, they're opening up even if they don't, even if they're not aware of it. So do you want me to recommend maybe some crystals for those um, those chakras, yeah? That would be beautiful, yeah. So um, with the Earth Star, what I, I often think is use something that is golden. So we, we use uh, honey calcite um, or uh, we use copper sometimes as well. And I also use obsidian too. And I use a lot of shungite to clear the aura before we actually anchor the, uh, the earth star. So um, we do something called a grid. Now, have you heard of crystal healing being done like that? Is, are you aware of that? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people think that crystal healing is just, you know, a chakra set or whatever. But um, actually, the set, a chakra set is a really basic way of working for, with crystals. If, and if you're going to work as a practitioner, you usually work with grids. People call them grids, nets, placements, layouts. It's all the same thing. It's a configuration of crystals, which I put around the body. And I don't use very many. I probably use maybe about maximum of about 12 crystals, 12 different crystals. But what I teach my students to do is to be able to attune to a crystal. So when they're using the crystals, I would expect them to be able to give the client feedback as to what the crystals were doing, how they were interacting with the client's energy field and, and so on. And usually it ties in with, with the client's experiences and what they can feel, you know? Um, so it's, it's, a, it's an amazing way to work, really. I know I've seen pictures of people having crystal healing and they have them all over their body, but, you know, for me, it works very well with just in the energy field. Have you, have you had it, a crystal healing session, Stacey? I mean, I've had Reiki where um, they've placed crystals around me. Um, so that's probably the extent of the crystal healing I've had. But can, can you, um, but I, I do, well, just to kind of backtrack on that one. 
yeah so that i felt definitely just super energized by the crystals you know and that just added that whole other level of healing during that yeah. session so that was a really powerful um experience you know if you are a reiki practitioner and you want to do use crystals within your practice of reiki um if you look at the color correspondences you know so red would be all the warm colored crystals like reds and oranges and yellows would be uplifting and would be energizing. And all the blues and the greens, the cooler colors would be calming and soothing. So, you know, if you've got a client who's very tired, then you might use, you know, a red or an orange crystal or something around them. And vice versa, if they are stressed, you know, you just use something cooler to calm, calm their energies down. Mm -hmm. And I would just, you know, if I were doing a Reiki treatment and I wanted to do that, I would just use six tumble stones of the same crystal and the same color and just place them one at the head, one at the foot, two either side of the shoulders and two either side of the hips. And that I call that a crystal bath. So if you imagine the aura is being infused with a particular kind of color and whatever the color correspondence is, that's what the energy would be generated. Mm. You can work really nicely with Reiki with that. Mm. What would you use, say, like a quartz crystal with, or like what what would be a good um, practice with that? Uh, quartz crystals are really good for clearing energy and uh, magnifying them as well. So I would use them, you know, if I wanted to set intentions, if I wanted to clear stagnant energy, um, I would use I would use clear quartz for that. And I would also, I mean, I use them to work on meridians, I use natural points to work on meridians. So I just run the point um, along the directional flow of the meridian. That's quite a powerful way. Or you can also, uh, if you can douse over a chakra, you can just follow the, the, the flow of the chakra and just use a point to stimulate that flow as well. So okay. I'd use it like that. I'd, I'd use it for lots of different things. I mean, it's, it's the go-to crystal really, isn't it? Right, so, yeah. yeah. I was wondering like what what the best practice would be for that because um, um, it is such a versatile yeah crystal. And, and also when you when you get into crystals more you know you've got different configurations of crystals so the crystals all grow in different ways so you know different sort of growth patterns on a crystal or different appearance of a crystal of a natural crystal um will tell you something about the energy of the crystal as well so you you know there's things like record keepers that have got like little triangles and Obviously, there's the Murian uh, crystals that have got all these lines on them, striations on them. Uh, but you get crystals that where two points come together and they form together, and they're they're supposed to be called twin crystals, I think, and they're they're good for sort of partnership working and stuff. Mm. So um, even even the sort of outward appearance of a, of, of a quartz crystal says something to you. Mm. And so I'm wondering um, if we can go back and talk a little bit more about the grids and what that, how that can help benefit somebody and how we can set up a grid. Okay. So um, what I would say, first of all, is that if you're going to do some self-healing with a grid, it's never the same as having somebody else hold the energy. So I firmly believe when we're working with crystals, we're actually co-creating uh, with the crystal because even if I lay down and just put some crystals around me, it, it's okay, but it's not as strong as if I've got somebody else working with, with me. But, you know, you can use crystals to um, do protection if you wanted to. So you could bridge your home. So you could put sort of crystals like black tourmaline, I suppose, in each corner of your house if you felt that you wanted to 
have some form of protection there. Um, you can do distance healing on, on people as well. So if you have a picture of a, a relative that you want to send healing to, I, I usually, I've got a conservatory out here that faces onto the garden um, and not many people go in there really. So I tend to do all my healing in there, but you might have a room that is your meditation room or whatever. And I just have, uh, I, I guess, I don't like the word altar, but it's kind of like an altar. It's a sacred space where I work. And so I might put a grid out with, with somebody's photograph around it if I wanted to send healing to them. But equally, if it was something more gener general, like uh, wanting to manifest something, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to finish off some of the chapters of the book that's coming out next, next year. And so I have a grid out there at the moment that is just sort of helping me to be creative. So it's just sending me energy, really. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sitting in it. It's just sitting there and it's generating it. Mm. So that's, that's quite a nice way of working, I think, too. So it sounds like it's more about the intention with the grid and um, what you want to say manifest or heal or protect. Um, yeah. And then based on that, you would choose the crystals that maybe you were called yeah. or drawn to that's that's absolutely it and you know I tell my students that the most powerful tool they've got is their intention because the more they trust the process the stronger their intention becomes because they just relax into it and the the better the the treatment is and the more uh, profound they can work more profoundly they can work with crystals um, themselves you know Mm -hmm. so uh yeah so it's 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 one of those things it's a real journey I think you never stop learning and the thing is there are I think something like three and a half thousand crystals out there that have been catalogued and you know even I'm not going to know all of the crystals you know mm -hmm. uh, that are out there and and on top of that some of the crystals that are out there are what I call mongrels so you know they may not have had the correct chemical composition or they may not have had the uh, the right heat sort of um, at, at a certain time of their growth. And so they just grow in a slightly different way. So sometimes it's hard to even work out what the crystal is. I, I don't know if you've heard of amethyst and citrine, mm -hmm. but there's a crystal in the middle called ametrine, which is yeah. citrine is, it's just amethyst that's been heated to a greater degree. It's got the same chemical, chemical composition. It's just been subjected to heat. So if that, it doesn't get that heat, you get ametrine, which is, is like an amethyst color, but it has sort of brown going through it, mm -hmm. brown lines going through it usually, and lots of rainbows usually as well. I have seen that. I actually have some of that myself. Um, I'm curious too, like, because if once it's been heated and, and the, it's, you said it's the same chemical composition, but does that change some of the properties in it to what you would maybe use it for? I think, you know, I think some people will, uh, will will look at a crystal's chemical composition, like fluoride has got fluoride in it and think that it's going to be good for teeth and bones. And I'm not saying that it doesn't work like that. I work intuitively. So I just work with what I'm drawn, drawn to. And then I sort of work backwards, if that makes any sense. I'm not sure if that does make sense, but it, it works for me. But I, I think there's also another, there was another Chris, uh, guy that was a German, he's, he's, he's died unfortunately, his name was Michael Ginger, Ginger. Um, and he's a German geologist and he got into crystals and he was very interested in the internal structure of crystals. So for something to be called a crystal it, or categorized as a crystal, it has to have one of seven systems in it. 
and that's kind of veering into sacred geometry but because there were seven crystal systems he started to link the seven crystal systems to the seven chakras so he, he would say that if it was a hexagonal crystal it was this if it was a cubic crystal uh, which is two of the crystal systems like a cubic uh, crystal would be good for grounding for example so he wouldn't look at the colors necessarily he would just look at the internal structure so people have got lots and lots of different ways of, of tapping into crystals or trying to understand what they do. Also their formations, obviously, you know, if a crystal looks like a heart formation, um, whether it's been man-made or whether it's just been tumbled and it comes out looking sort of heart-shaped, maybe that's saying something about the energy of that particular crystal and what it's generating, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's lots of, lots of different ways of trying to work out what they do. Mm. And it sounds like too, because at that when we are working with crystals, there's not really a say prescribed way to use them, but really the tuning into the energy and, and finding the crystal that really resonates to you. So it's really about tuning inward and listening to your intuition to what you're drawn to, what the intention is, and maybe even, yeah, that energy of the, the shape or that sacred geometry piece. Um, so it's all about just trusting your, your intuition with you're, what you're, you're guided to. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There's a book, um, it's an American book, actually, it's called Steps on the Stone Path. And um, the author of that one, I've forgotten his name now, but the author of that book is, that's very much what he says is, is how we should be working with them. We shouldn't be looking for a crystal on the internet that is good for abundance and thinking, oh, I need to get that crystal. You're better off to go into a crystal shop with the thought that you want a crystal for abundance and then go where your eye is drawn. Mm. I always think children are really good at showing you how to um, choose crystals. They just sort of go for, they, it's not necessarily the nearest one, you know, they, they just know exactly what they want to go for and they don't overthink it. When I did my uh, teaching degree, we were taught about andragogy and pedagogy. And andragogy is the way adults learn and pedagogy is the way children learn. And the trouble with adults when you're doing this sort of work is that they want to rationalize it and they want to hook it onto something that they already know. And it doesn't work like that. So I find when people are very kind of analytical and rational, they struggle a little bit more with um, attuning to crystals because they want to know why why they you know why they picked the right crystal you know how they're going to make sure it's right and things like that whereas if you're working with a child they just they just do it and they don't overthink it mm. so probably this is a good time to maybe do the attunement if you like yeah and uh, I was just gonna ask before mm. we get into that maybe even like using if you can get, um, give us some ideas or how we can use it with the lunar phases yeah um, with the the full moon new moon energies yeah well i think astrologically there is so much going on out there apart from the new moons there's lots and lots of things going on so um we could use crystals to help us with uh those phases that we're going through not just the moon phases but the astrological phases that we're going through um because these are challenging times you know so um i think crystals working with crystals is is not a bad thing but if we keep it simple and you can get an idea from just talking about the lunar phases, um, you know, a new moon is all about new beginnings. So obviously crystals that are good for manifesting um, are crystals that are, I think you should work with on those days. So it might just be as simple as 
as carrying a crystal around with you on those days, but or it might just be writing down the things you want to, some affirmations or something that you want to, you know, help manifest. And putting a crystal, just putting a piece of paper again in a, in a place where it's not going to be, dis, you know, disturbed or uh, in a place where the energy is quite high for you. And just placing that manifesting crystal on top of it and, and letting it cook and hope that it does its work for you. So you could you could work with it like that. And I mean, in terms of manifesting crystals, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. I guess clear quartz would be a really good one because it's like a magnifying energy. Um, citrine, I think, would be quite good for manifesting. And I also think uh, carnelian. So carnelian is an orange crystal. I'm trying to think of crystals that are not too obscure so that people can get them fairly easily. So, yeah, I think those those kinds of crystals would be really good for manifesting. And then with a full moon, it's about grounding, isn't it? And anchoring and, and really bringing everything home. So uh, with a full moon, I would I would definitely use grounding type crystals. So obsidian, black obsidian, um, red jasper, fossilized wood as well. That would be a really good grounding crystal um, and again you work with it in the same way just sort of using words and pieces of paper carrying it around with you maybe meditating with it as well sleeping with it under your pillow even okay uh, certainly a full moon because actually when most people I think in a full moon not most people a lot of people uh, struggle with sleeping on a full moon don't they mm -hmm. they find that it's harder to sleep so again a grounding crystal would be really good for that to sleep with it so those are some ways. You could also make elixirs. You could always um, put the crystals in or around some water and uh, then just energize it. And if anybody douses, you know, with a pendulum, uh, you can check the water before you've done that and, and check it afterwards. But you need to be really careful with the crystals that you use because um, some crystals can be toxic. So, uh, you know, just again, I would Google if you want to use a particular crystal. There's not that many, but there's, there, there are a few that are toxic that you shouldn't put into water. And there's also some that you could damage if you put them into water as well. Mm. So something like selenite could get damaged if you put it into water. Mm. And I'm curious too, like how often should we be cleansing our crystals for um, cleansing the energy? And Well, I, I tell students to cleanse them when they pick them up and when they put them down. But, you know, if they've been in a room where there's been an argument or something, then I would, I would cleanse the crystals then. I mean, you can imagine I've, I've got hundreds and hundreds of crystals here. So, you know, I would just use uh, incense, really. I burn incense in the room and I don't go to every single crystal. You know, there might be one that I feel is overworked, in which case I might put it in the garden for a bit. But generally, I just use smudging or sound, play a lot mm -hmm. of music. And I think that helps. You can always tell when crystals need cleansing because they just look flat mm. and they don't look sparkly, you know. Uh, so yeah, just do it regularly, but maybe once a week if if needs be. But more importantly, I, I would say do it when you feel you need to. Mm. So coming back to the self, going back to the intuition. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And it sounds like there's more than just one way. I know, you know, some of the ways that I've learned is to put in a bowl of um, with water with sea salt, but that might not be good with every crystal um and so maybe putting it outside um also under the moon or in the garden or saging smudging um and so those are and some really shores. good tips have you heard of tingshaws where you can just you know clang their little symbols that you can clang together mm -hmm. yeah um, yeah 
they're they're really good and they're not very invasive either so mm, I love that the sound uh, vibration I, mm, yeah absolutely so I, I recommend sound really with with things like that um rather than water it's just, a really good tip yeah just because you know you could damage something and sound vibration super powerful I mean that you know when you can get a good vibration going it's yeah it breaks up the and, um you know if you if you train your ear to it when you're when you're using sound if the crystals are quite in need of a good cleanse the sound is flat and and then if you keep sounding eventually you can you can hear the clarity coming back to it but mm. you kind of need to train your ears to that mm. um, what about tuning forks would that be another yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the ones I use, I, I use two different types. Some that I use that I put on the body. Um, and then there are the ones that I use around the body. And it would be the ones I use around the body. They're the ones without the um, sort of little nodules at the end. Hmm. Okay. So I use those, yeah. And so, um, so yeah, tell us. I also want to just kind of hear too about some other therapies you've used um, and how that you work with the crystals. Well, uh, because I, 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 I lecture for an organization called the Federation of Holistic Therapists over here. Um, and that's, a, that's a, an organization that supports complementary and beauty therapists. So in fact, I was teaching for them this weekend, just gone. So uh, what, I, what I do is I look at sort of how we can integrate crystals. Now, over here, and I'm sure in the States, it's the same. There's a lot of reflexology now where they're, they're being encouraged to use crystals, incorporate crystals into that and into body massage, but also crystal facials. So we teach a crystal facial and with Indian head massage, we just incorporate massage stones into it as well. Mm. Um, so virtually everything really that I do with Reiki, I, I, I'm fairly strict about pe teaching people Reiki to start with because I think they need to know what the energy of Reiki is. Um, but once they've actually got it and they know what they're doing, then, you know, we, we add crystals into the mix and it really empowers it. I do wonder, you know, I think, I think Reiki works very much on an emotional level. I know it works on all levels, but it kind of specializes on, on emotions, I think, more than anything else. Whereas I think crystals work on, uh, on a mental level. So I think when you start to incorporate crystals, there's a shift in your perception and in your perception and your perspective as well so sometimes you know you, you you stop having sort of um maybe uh outmoded belief systems about yourself like not being good enough or whatever i think it can kind of take you into a slightly different space uh, and i think they're very good catalysts as well for change so i think if you're on the on the cusp of change if we go back to the astrology if you know what your chart is and you're going into maybe a saturn return or something like that they're very good crystals to sort of help you through those those kinds of uh, trials and tribulations in that we all come to in life, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think they're great for that too. Beautiful, thank you for sharing that. And uh, I'm wondering if this would be a good time to go into that crystal attunement that you'd Absolutely. like to offer. Okay, so um, yeah, if I, should we just give everybody a couple of seconds just just grab a crystal and. Sure. Um, what I will just say is that I was taught that you should hold crystals in your left hand for your receiving and your right hand for giving. But, you know, I've been teaching it for so long. I've had so many students say, I'd rather have it in the other hand or I'm left. I'm not left. I'm left handed. And I think it's just hold it in the hand that's, that feels most comfortable for you. OK, uh, I think the theory about 
holding it in your left hand is that it connects with the right side of your brain, which is the intuitive side, you know, left brain, right brain. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons where it's come from a little bit, but I, I think it doesn't matter. I do hold it in my left hand, but I don't think that should be a barrier. So what I get students to do when they've got the crystal is to just look at it really. And it's really important not to feel that you need to know what the name of your crystal is. It doesn't really matter because you're going to connect with the energy of it. But I know it helps if you do know the name. Uh, and it also helps in terms of looking after your crystals because they're all different hardnesses. So if you put a load of crystals that are different hardnesses, it's a hardness scale called the Mohs scale. If you put them all together in a bag and jingle them around, they'll damage each other. Anyway, we're just going to be looking at one crystal. So if you look at the crystal that you're holding in your hand and look at the shape and the color and the texture of the crystal, and maybe that's saying something to you, just that. And then I want you to just close your eyes and I want you to sit back and take a deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth and just try and relax. But also I want you to take your focus to the crystal that you're holding in your hand now. And this time I want you to focus on the shape again and what it feels like in your hand and the temperature and the texture of the crystal. And maybe it's at this point, sometimes this is where people can feel a bit of buzzing or tingling from the, the crystal or perhaps it, it just doesn't get warm. It stays cold, cooler or it gets very hot. Sometimes people um, tell me that they can feel a marked change in the temperature. And then just visualize your breath is connecting with the crystal in your hand. And we have palm chakras in our hands. So I want you to visualize the palm chakra in the hand now, just starting to open to receive the energy from the crystal. And as you connect with your breath, just start to visualize breathing the energy from the crystal that you're holding in your hand, up your arm, and just breathe it into the elbow. Next breath takes it up to your shoulder. And once it reaches your shoulder, I want you to use your breath to direct it to your heart chakra. And the heart chakra is at the center of the chest at the level of the physical heart. So just breathing it into that center. And getting a sense of how that energy is perhaps impacting on your heart chakra. And then taking your focus back to your shoulder again. And using your breath, I want you to direct another line of energy. And this time the energy is going to your brow chakra. And that's at the center of the forehead at the level of the eyebrows. And just breathing it into that center. And getting a sense of how the energy from the crystal is impacting on that one on the brow chakra. Taking your focus again to your shoulder, I want you to use your breath. And this time you're gonna direct the energy from that crystal in your hand, but you're gonna direct it to any part of your body that you want to send it to. And that might be a physical part of your body or it might be an energy part of your body. It might be a chakra or a meridian. Just breathing it into there. 
And that's a way that you can do self-healing as well. And finally, I want you to take your focus again to your brow and your heart chakra. And I want you to draw more energy from the crystal now, using your breath. But I want you to send the energy out into your aura, into your energy field. So just breathe it through your heart and your brow chakra and just see it coming out of those two chakras as a fine mist. Perhaps that's the color of the crystal that you're holding in your hand. And see that mist now forming a shape around you that is the shape of the crystal that you're holding in your hand so that you're now contained within the energy of the crystal. And I'm just gonna give you a couple of moments to see if you can take your awareness to just beyond your physical form into your energy field and get a sense of how that crystal that you're holding is making you feel. And when you're ready, you can just release the energy from the crystal. You can release it into the earth if you feel that you want to send healing to the earth, or you can just breathe it back into the crystal in your hand and then bring your focus back into the room. Wow, thank you so much for that. I felt very connected with my crystal and, and just felt that ebb of energy surrounding me. And Good. Good. I mean, a, a really good practice is to get one or two crystals and do the same exercise side mm -hmm. by side with two different crystals. And then you can start to feel the different energies. And that's how you start to sort of sensitize, sensitize yourself to the energy of the crystals as mm -hmm. well. But I'm sure some of your listeners would have felt buzzing or tingling in their hands mm -hmm. or they would have had a, a physical sensation of energy moving and things like that. And some people would have felt nothing. You know, it's a very individual thing. And different right. people will do different things. If you want to, if you want to practice it, if you want to hone it, what I would recommend is getting a crystal that is the opposite, to getting two crystals that are the opposite to each other. So, you know, I was talking about warm crystals and cool crystals. So maybe get um, an orange crystal and a blue crystal, mm. okay, or a grounding crystal and an ungrounding crystal, something like that. And that's a good way to sort of start to feel the difference in the energies. And get that contrast. I yeah. like that. Wonderful. So thank you so much, um, Shirley, for that. And so I'm wondering, can you tell our listeners how they can find you and what you're currently working on? The uh, the book that I'm working on is, that's going to be published in the States next year is um, going to be published by Inner Traditions. And it's going to be a bit like Crystal Alchemy, uh, which is the one that's available at the moment. I don't think you can get it in the States, but if you go on Amazon and you go into the UK, you can have a look inside it and I'll send you a copy, Stacey, anyway. I run a college called Lucis College. Uh, it's L-U-C-I-S. Lucis is Latin for light. So that's why it's called Lucis College. And that's where I do all the training. Um, I do Zoom training. I do, crystal, we do online crystal reading. So uh, I do it with a colleague of mine called Kate Winter. Um, so once a month, we just get people to show up on, on Zoom and they, they show us a crystal that they've chosen and we give them a reading from them. So we do things like that. Uh, we've got esoteric updates is the website that I think you mentioned earlier 
www.eastercherrycopupdates.co.uk and uh, we are just in the process of revamping it actually but we've, we've been putting regular channeling up that myself and Kate do but there's all sorts of articles from people that are mediums and also sort of uplifting things to do um, and spiritual things that are spiritual ideas that maybe people haven't thought about so there's a whole host really of, of different things that I'm doing at the moment wonderful uh, and we can add some of those links also to the show notes thanks Stacey yeah, absolutely okay. thank you Shirley for being here with us today and sharing thanks your experience me. with crystals and beautiful to have this conscious conversation and so thank you for listening to our show. Stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, we would absolutely love a five-star written review on iTunes. And of course, please share the love by sharing it with your friends. And if you want to support the work that we're doing, please consider making a donation to our show by visiting our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And until next time, love yourself, love each other, and love the world. We love you. We at Be The Love Podcast are honored to be supporting the Komodi Foundation, which is the nonprofit organization in Uganda that is working to build a school that will promote and support healthcare, education, skills development, feeding the hungry, human rights, and environmental defenders. Their goal is to work with young mothers and single mothers, street children, and vulnerable families who lack nurture as they guide them to become productive individuals, which will lead to a productive generation. Please see our show notes on how to become a donor, mentor, volunteer, or sponsor. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Chrissy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphics. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey. And thank you for hopping on the Ascension bus with us. And remember, there is always a seat for you.